0: Welcome to an Aries and Pisces walk into a coffee shop, the podcast,
1: where your hosts I'm Bridget, she, her, and I'm Tiffany, she, her, this is a podcast where two friends let go of perfectionism and talk unedited. Very official.
0: Listen, I only knew where my headphones were because I take them to the library with me when I go um, to work there. And so okay. they're just in my bag. They're just in my bag all the time.
1: Yeah, I know where my earbuds are, which are what I use primarily. So I have that keeping track. Um, but I'll keep looking. I'm sure they're somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy to report that as soon as I grabbed my laptop to sit down to do this, I heard what I think are crows, maybe different kind of blackbirds, but it's extra special because I I won't say <clears throat> never, but I very, very rarely hear any kind of crows around. And so that made me very pleased <laughs> that as soon as I come to talk to you, crow shows up. I love that me too, and I thought that you would, so I wanted to make sure I, I love
0: that so much, oh my gosh, can I tell you a bird story?
1: Yes, I always want to hear bird stories,
0: speaking of birds, okay, so um, you know how i've got I'm obsessed with my little backyard bird sanctuary that I'm building <laughs> <laughs> and Uh, in therapy, I learned, I don't know if I told you this, but I learned that apparently the chickadees are more bold and you can feed them out of your hand.
1: These are the videos I've been seeing.
0: Oh my God. Okay. So this is like hashtag goals, right? And so I've been going out there every time I go to refill the feeder and I'll stand out there with my hand, with some seed in my hand and I'm very still and very quiet and I've got my bird app on my phone and I'm playing the chickadee uh, songs and calls, (laughs) just standing there. No birds have come by. Well, yesterday I was outside just like minding my own business. Like I was raking the seed up, raking the mulch around. And then all of a sudden a chickadee flew into our little ornamental tree that's by the feeder and I was like, oh my God, is this the day? Is this the moment? And I was like, okay, Bridget, just like put down the rake, move really slowly. Like, but the, but the chickadee was just like hanging out in the tree. Like it didn't fly away. Usually if I'm out there doing stuff, a bird flies in, they'll like see me and be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be out while you are doing the housekeeping and then I'll come back. And <laughs> so it was staying there. So I was like, okay. So I walk over, I put some seed in my hand. And I like just stand there by the feeder. And then I don't remember the the turn of events. I, I was just like bewildered. The other chickadee came in. Usually there's like two of them that hang out. And uh they got their seed and then they went and went into the big tree next door. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna take the feeder down to like prep it and everything, but maybe I'll just still stand here because usually they get their seed and then they go and then they come back and then they go and come back. And then they came back into the tree and then they jumped onto the bird stick, which is what we call the pole that, that hangs the feeder on it. So they jumped onto the bird stick and we're just like looking at each other. Like we're in love, like just like right next to each other. And I was just dying. I was like, I don't even care if you land in my hand. Like, this is so special. They had like landed in the tree and they were doing their little song, like singing to each other. I was like, this is the sweetest moment of my life. They were even cuter, like close up. And I could see them pretty close from our backyard window. But um this was like so close. You could practically kiss the beak. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. And And so maybe next time you will. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was like. I think like have they been just like this whole time that I've been doing this routine, like have they been sitting up there in that big tree just watching me? And then like this time they're like, oh hey, there's that lady that sounds like us who brings the snack. So, like, maybe we'll go check her out this time. And I didn't even have, like, I didn't have my phone on me to play their calls to, like, try to call them back. But I was like, that's fine. I think, like, that we, that was our, like, introduction.
1: hmm Yep, they're going to get used to you so fast.
0: Yeah, oh, my God. I'm just dying. And it's almost time for Chippy to come out of his little hibernation. So maybe I'm going to also try to make friends with chippy and then i can feed him two i'll die i'm just gonna die i'm just gonna die
1: there is a delightful burlesque dancer that i follow who befriended her pork squirrel and she hand feeds him nuts and like gives us updates on her story (laughs)
0: I love it. I love it so much. I love it so
1: much. I'm the opposite. I'm trying to keep the squirrels off of my balcony. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's that, but I know that Chippy is going to eat like the majority of the seed that I put out.
1: Right. When You grow him tomatoes. But yes. Him part of the neighborhood.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just got, uh, I just got tomato seeds again to uh, to start to grow his tomato plant for this <laughs> year. So I decided I'm just doing one variety of tomato for him this year at, just so I just have one plant to worry about
1: right? instead of two, so. That's a good idea. I am really excited for the birds to visit my balcony more. Um, they have been coming around a little bit more um, now that it's thought out some, but summer's when they're the most active and like mm. actually coming and hang out on the balcony. I think they're more focused when it's cold out because they're like mm-hmm. focused on finding the food. Whereas when it's summer, they're just like, this is a good place to chill Yeah, <laughs> in between. Yeah. But I miss that. Have
0: you thought about getting a little feeder for the winter to put on like your railing? I
1: had. And then I was unsure about the mess. And so mm. then mm-hmm. that was the thought I had. And then, um, the thing that happens to me happened where I was like, I don't know. I probably thought about it half a dozen times. And I was like, I should do that. And then I never did it. And then at Mm -hmm. a certain point, I was just like, well, I've been thinking that thought for a long time. It's a tired one. And then I just,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I get that.
1: (laughs) I thought you might understand Mm -hmm.
0: that. that happens.
1: Yeah, it does happen, but I feel like you have the, Mm, the 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 ignition button and I don't have that mm. we're like I see you you can tell me if I'm wrong but I I feel like you're the kind of person that's a starter of things so even though you have some similar issues to me about with brain things it seems like you're able to overcome it with your ignition button and I I don't know if I've ever had one or I lost it
0: mm, okay <laughs> Okay. I'm going to, I don't, I was going to say, I'm going to challenge that, but I don't know. I love, I love, I love, I'm going to say it again. I love that you just said I have this ignition button. Like that makes me feel really cool. Also, that's just like, that's just what I keep hearing from everybody. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm, I'm able to bring for other people for myself. It's fucking hard though. Oh, like, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where I, that's where I have, well, A, I had to recognize that, that it was hard. And then B, figure out what I need in order to get that rolling. For yourself. Like,
1: to to start, to start it, right? To like, to light my little lighter. Interesting. Oh, you know what probably it is? because for you it's a slow burn but for us it's like everything seems to happen at once mm. and the examples, this this hang this recording <laughs> because <laughs> it felt like you told me you wanted to do this and then you had like a platform and an idea and you were telling me all these things you had been thinking about and it seemed to me like it just a conflagration happened all at once. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, no, but you told me you've been thinking about this for a long time. So to you, it probably felt like ages. But for me, yeah. I was like, wow, this is moving fast. <laughs> 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 really just going, huh? Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: I Well, if I'm being completely honest with this whole podcast and, like, a YouTube idea, this has been an idea in my head since I was little. Like at least, at least teenage little, at least. So for me, like, yeah, this has been in my head for fucking ever.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think that must be what it is, which makes sense because I think that is a common human experience. You don't see the toil Mm -hmm. or the slow burn or the stop and start. You just see it when it's happening. And it seems like all of that's happening really fast. When in fact there's been a lot underneath the surface or behind the scenes that you don't get to see.
0: Yeah. I mean, even with like this like bird example, Mm -hmm. number one, I'm going to tell you, I have no fucking idea why I got that first bird feeder. I have, I I have no idea. I don't because I never used (laughs) to like birds. Right. Until I fell in love with Edward, the goose. (laughs) And you know, Edward, right? Ed Edward was the goose that was injured. His foot was injured. And so I would s- spend time outside sending him energy healing. And it was a very healing experience for me. And I think that kind of was like, oh, I don't hate birds anymore, but I didn't think that I like, liked them. And then all of a sudden, just like this meme that um, is online. It's something like you turn 30 and all of a sudden like bird watching creeps up on you. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe it's that, maybe it was Edward, maybe it was just who knows, but I saw that bird feeder at the, uh, that local home consignment shop. And I, I don't know, I don't remember why I needed it, but I needed it and so I put it out there, but then everything else adding to it has been like, I don't know, step-by-step step and like over time, like none of it has happened right away. Like I really wanted to get that ground feeder for the juncos because, well, last year, right before the end of spring- I discovered we had that one dark eyed Junko and I yeah. was obsessed with it and I couldn't figure out what it was. So that was a whole adventure, just trying to figure out what it, what it was. And then they migrated. So they were gone, but that was my thing to like, look forward to over winter. And so I learned that they like to eat off the ground. So I was like, Oh my God, I need to get a ground feeder. And cause once my brain determines that I need something I need it immediately. Right. Um, But that was a whole thing. Ignition button that I noticed. But that was a whole thing of like shopping for them and looking for them and then like it not being in my budget and then Mm. like trying to figure out what I was going to do for that. And then we bought one locally and had my partner's dad like rig it up so we could put it on the ground because it was a hanging one. And so it was a lot of like a lot of making it happen to make it happen
1: right Mm, thank you for sharing that with me i think that's going to help me be a little bit more gracious for myself because i oh you know what it is it's the script so that um societal thing that i'm like a lazy procrastinator because i'm slow to start things or i'm or the other thing, which I'm realizing isn't true, I've gotten this bad rap as being indecisive because I need a lot of time to like feel through the things and look at the stuff. And it's like, it feels like a lot of stop and go. And I don't feel, and I I got confused for a while and thought I was indecisive, but it's because the pressure, oh, I just saw the crow. Mm-hmm. Just, that was fun. <laughs> I never, never see crows over here. This is such a delight. <gasps> Special day. <laughs> Okay. Um, and so <laughs> so easily distracted. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> uh,
0: indecisive.
1: Oh yeah, I've I've gotten this rap as being indecisive, and I realize I'm not. I just need time. Um, mm-hmm. and so hearing that you, who I feel like is really decisive, and like, what's the action forward? I'm like. Oh, okay. Wait. Sometimes it is stop and start, and you need to wait, and things yeah. just happen, and it's a process that feels really good to hold on to to kind of combat some of the things that I think I'm still uprooting. Yeah. You know what that?
0: You know what that makes me think of?
1: Hmm.
0: Riding out your emotional wave in Human Design. So having <laughs> an emotional authority that to me is that's one of the biggest things I've gotten out of Human Design. Me too.
1: The one of the few things I've gotten out of it, I should <laughs> <laughs> think it's so confused about it. But that thing, when I read that, it was like, "Oh, okay." So, what it felt like in my body was like I had been standing in like a musty, like stale, dark room, and someone like opened all the windows and doors.
0: Oh, hello, cat. Uh huh. Hi, Ingrid
1: um (laughs) she was knocked over the laptop um that's what it felt like because all my life I've been told that I was indecisive or I would get accused of being like a procrastinator or lazy and a lot of it was because I was trying to figure out things and I needed to ride the wave of, of emotion but then all of that messaging would come in so I'd never get through what's the the tunnel um that's um Mm -hmm. uh, that come as you are from Nagoski, um, talked about like going through the tunnel of emotion. And I would always get stuck in the middle because I would get overwhelmed by all that messaging and the pressure to like decide. So then I would like have a feeling about my feeling and then I never get through any of the feelings. And then I get frozen and just not do stuff. Or I would hastily choose something and it would feel bad. Cause I was never sure if it was correct because it didn't feel good. Uh-huh. I've been thinking about that a lot. The, the, what feels good, especially after the last conversation we had, you said something that made me kind of start on that spiral again, where I think you were talking about not wanting to do something and deciding if you should do it anyway or not. Like, was that a feeling you should follow? Am I remembering that correctly?
0: I think so. I don't remember what I was talking about, but that's really been coming up for me a lot lately, especially with, yeah, with things that I historically have been like, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to feel like great afterwards. Like, for example, take a yoga class. Right. That was the like, I, yeah, like I love yoga. I know that I Right. like my body, my mind, my everything appreciates doing the yoga but before the yoga I'm like fuck no I don't want to do anything right now I don't want to go to yoga and then I'm like Bridget what's going on in here because you know there are all of these things that are pointing towards do the yoga so what part about it is like no I don't want to do that right now Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: that is still very confusing to me to decipher what might be The intuition, what might be the fear, what might be like something else, or that I haven't quite sorted out. So that's one that I still. A lot of times I can get inquisitive and figure it out, but then another another lot of the time, (laughs) I can't. I don't like. I don't know. Yeah, still trying to like sort it out.
1: That makes a lot of sense to me because I remember the first time I was really intentionally working on this idea of what is uh the way that my shorthand for it was like what's intuition and what's anxiety mm-hmm. because for a while and like especially in my early 20s i couldn't figure out what it was and i think i've gotten a lot better about like the feeling and honestly a lot of online resources have helped me where people are describing like okay anxiety can feel like this in the body whereas your intuition is going to feel like this other more peaceful calm grounded sensation and I was so disconnected from my body for the longest time that I just didn't know what that felt like Mm -hmm. because calm to me was dissociation which would always inevitably lead to then a spiral of anxiety so it was just Mm -hmm. like (laughs) this, but I've gotten a lot better over the years of practice but now I think I'm still little spiral staircase of learning thing where I'm like, oh, okay, here's the other ascension to it where it's that idea of am I feeling resistant to this because I need something to be different? Are there like, I guess it's boundary work is what I'm saying. Like what boundary maybe is needed here? And some of the time I... Oh, okay. A good example. So there have been times where I've made a plan to go to a show. And then the day of I'm sick all day long being like, why did I do this? Why do I, why did I agree to this? And I'm like, why do I not want to go? And I think what I have found out is sometimes I'm just overcommitting and pushing myself too hard that week. Like I've done too much. And now here's another thing that I'm supposed to be excited about but I've already done too much, and so now I'm burned out, and what I really need is rest, but I really want to go to this show. So, like, the boundary of not going to the show is one I don't want to set because I want to go, but what I should have been doing all week is, like, deciding how to use my energy throughout the week so that I could go to the show and have fun.
0: And that's and, also very hard to do in real time. Exactly. Like, and that's, the thing happens.
1: And that's what I think I'm trying to figure out how – So finding out that that's, and like, same thing with classes. Like when I was like, what, there have been days where I'm just dreading going to dance class, even though I, like you said about yoga, 100% know I'm going to feel great once I'm there and afterwards. But like the lead up, I'm just dreading it. And I think it's that idea that there are other things in my life that I could not be pouring my energy into or conserving and trying to figure out how to do that real time day to day and also figure out what it is. Cause there's a lot of like things where I'm like, well, I have to do this and I'm trying to challenge that. Oh, I have to do this and see if maybe I don't have to. Uh (laughs) I, I, I
0: love that so much. Um, I, that has been one of my biggest practices. I think maybe over the past year, Mm -hmm. But I was literally just thinking about that this morning of, like, when I notice something around the house, for example, because I'm just here all the time that, like, has to be done, and my brain says, okay, you've noticed this thing, you have to solve the problem now, right? You have to do it now. That ADHD brain, I'm just being redirected all over the place all the time, and what I've been practicing is... Like when I notice I've redirected to something else, I take a second. I'm like, stop. What are you, what are your main objectives? Like, what are you working on right now? And you know, like, what are your other goals? Like, what are the other things that you've already like determined that you're going to work on? And I'm like, oh, this is not one of those things. This is some other like responsibility or some other like thing. And I'm like, okay, well, you can't do that right now because you're already doing this. And if you do all the things that you have set out to do, and then you have the time and the energy and the space to go back and do that thing that you just noticed right now, you can go ahead and do it. And I think that like giving myself permission, like, oh. I'm like, oh, I, I can do it after I do these things that I already said I was gonna do. Like, okay, cool. You know, I never go back to and do the thing. It's like, it's like, I always notice about the dishes and like emptying the dishwasher is not my chore. That's my partner's chore. Mm-hmm. But when the dishwasher doesn't get emptied, all the dishes start accumulating like everywhere. And then that is too much like visual right. stimulation for me, too much like clutter in my brain. And so that's when I start noticing like, okay, I could just empty, I could just do the dishes right now, no big deal. But I notice that like as I'm, say, like eating my breakfast or whatever. And I'm like, okay, time out. What are you doing right now, Bridget? Eating breakfast. Okay. And then what? I'm going to work. Okay. And like, I already know, like, and then what are my other house chores that I determined that, oh, this also has to do with something we've talked about before. That was that, like, Mm -hmm. doing the, like, front loading.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm still really struggling with that.
0: (laughs) So, like, so, like, on Sundays, we have our house disco where we sit down and determine, like, okay, what are the, like, couple extra chores that we're going to do this week?
1: Okay, I'm and sorry. So on... Real quick, pause. House yeah. disco is my favorite <laughs> shorthand. You've never told me you called it that, and I'm obsessed. <laughs> oh my god, this is the playfulness thing I was talking about. I'm a doctor <laughs> House disco. I don't have okay, anything so to go with. I live alone, but like I'm going to use. That you could do it. With me. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: can do it with yourself. You could do it with your cat. Um, sorry. To but yeah, that. because. Yeah that to have a moment no that's fine that's fine so yeah it was the house discussion but that sounds the the most awful I don't want to I don't want to have a discussion so disco sounded much more fun yes so we have a disco every Sunday so that's where we do that like front is it front loading yeah so we determine like what's the focus this week like what Mm -hmm. are you know like what are our goals and then our, like, bigger goals, we talk about those in our monthly radar, right? And so then the weekly ones just get kind of, like, broken up throughout the month. And so I already know, like, if I'm confronted with these things in the house during the week, I already know that, like, I know what I'm working on each day for, like, work in my personal life because I've planned that all out on Monday. But mm-hmm. I also know what house things I've already agreed to on Sunday. So yeah, when my brain tells me, you absolutely have to fix this thing or do this thing now, Mm -hmm. I just remind myself what I'm focusing on. And then my beautiful ADHD brain, I have to do that because it's redirecting all the time. I have to just like go (laughs) through it all throughout the day. But at least it's really, really helpful to have that thing to like go back to.
1: Mm -hmm. So that
0: I don't get sucked into everything else.
1: Yes, that is very relatable. I do have a hard time with the idea. You know, I think part of what it is, is it's usually back down to like fear and shame. The idea of front loading, I think because I don't trust that I can do it, I don't Mm. also trust myself to be kind to me when it doesn't go the way that I thought. So the idea of like trying it out and then not following through makes me so filled with shame already that I then never get around to doing it because I'm already trying to protect myself from feeling shame that I'm already feeling. Isn't that a fucking mind trip?
0: (laughs) That's a thing. That's a real, that's a real, real thing that Uh, like, (laughs) I'm not going to. I'm not gonna call my partner out here, but he's had to clean the um, the filters in the vacuum cleaner, have like allergy filters in them that just Oops. need like rinsed out every month. Right. And that's probably been on his weekly list for like the past month <laughs> or uh, like, that's just like, so sometimes it just, I mean, on mine, I had to last week was cleaning the washing machine. And did I do that last week? Nope, so it's on my list for this week. Um, but yeah, that has also been a really good practice in self-compassion and grace. Um, because it's inevitable that you're not going to get to all the things, especially if you're like me, I think I can do the most all the time. So it's definitely been a big experimentation. In learning my energy and what I am able to do and then accepting that and then moving forward with it. It's just a big ongoing process
1: of, Mm.
0: yeah, self-compassion.
1: And also the wisdom of just choosing a focus, knowing that you're going to get to the other focus. Because it's like making a promise to yourself. I've been thinking about stuff like this a lot. The idea of building, like, a secure attachment with myself. So, mm-hmm. like, the idea of if I tell myself I'm going to do something and then I don't do it, that feels like I'm betraying myself without the grace of I can get to it later. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, flip side, just offering myself some... um leeway to not do things perfectly all the time without that like destroying the trust that i have Mm -hmm. interesting being hyper vigilant
0: because what if (laughs) oh my god (laughs) because i think that's what it is hyper
1: vigilance like if i mess up one time my whole nervous system starts popping off being like See, we told you, you you can't handle <laughs> it. You're not yeah. going to show up for you. You're not capable, whatever the script is going on. Because I'm like always ready to pounce on any little uh, rumble that something might not be quite right. Yeah. going the way I wanted it to.
0: Can I tell you what I've been holding on to in this whole process of learning to do all of these things? I is love something that. that you gave me. Oh, <laughs> is yeah. If you. This is straight from you. It's it's that whole concept of data collecting. Oh,
1: I'll mm. never
0: forget you saying data collecting to me because now I can look like that's speak to my speak to my math oriented brain, please, and tell me to collect data. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but in this, but in this like emotional way, that's just oh, I love this. So if you're just collecting data, even if you're like, I didn't do this thing that I told myself that I would, so I'm letting myself down. But if you're like, time out, this is just data and all data is good data, Mm, mm -hmm. you know, good and good in quotation marks, because it's just information. So what is this experience like telling me or teaching me or, you know, and like, what can I extract from it instead of? letting that cute little hyper <laughs> vigilant part of myself pop off and, <laughs> and
1: run around. Yeah. The, it's so funny because for someone that's so exhausted and is sleeping a lot lately, I am really running around a lot. <laughs> 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 because hyper vigilance has really been popping off. That is correct though. It was the, you know what it is, the hyper vigilance, um, I, how do I want to put, oh, okay. So the data collection as a piece process, uh, practice, I think is how I'm going to think about it because what I think was happening is like, I'm data collecting, but it's like, I'm letting the hypervigilant side of me data collect. And so it's screaming every time it finds a piece of data, like it's like a fire that we have to put out instead of it actually just being data, like neutral. Ooh, getting back to neutral. That's what I'm trying to say. That's where I think mm. I need to practice because I think I'm seesawing between trying to find the good in things and also be uh, mindful of things that need attention, like in a, whether that's a curiosity attention or like, a oh, this is a problem that I need to address. And then I like seesaw back and forth. But I think if I could just get to the neutral aspect about data collection, maybe that would help me move through. And it's so funny that you said that speaks to the math part of your brain because I don't have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) I just like
0: that's so that's so great. I love to remind myself that I have a degree in math because that makes no sense to me. Like, it makes no sense that that's a thing, like, a part of my life. But it also does make a lot of sense when I, like, talk or understand certain things. But it also really speaks to, like, science, like, taking science classes um, or, like, taking chemistry in college. And just, like, when when you do, like, when you're doing a science experiment... You're literally just like you make a hypothesis, like you make a guess as to what the outcome is going to be. And then you do the thing and then you find out the outcome. And then you take that data and you're like, "Hmm, look what I discovered now. okay, like, let's do it again because we want to figure something else out. So it's literally just like being curious. And that (laughs) I think having that super analytical way to look at it of. I literally, like, picture in my brain, when I think about it in this way, I picture the chem lab. Oh, you like place
1: to go. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: I, I'm there. Mm. I'm there, and that takes the, like, the big emotional part and, like, lets it have a little pause. Because I'm like, oh, I'm just here in my lab coat, like, trying to figure this out.
1: Right. Oh, that's right. Because I think when I started doing the whole data collecting language around it, it was my way to get to neutral. And now I kind of, I think I've not forgotten, but I more consistently am not using it the way that I intended when I first started doing it. I really love that you have a place to go. Come on, doesn't resonate with me, but I'm going to think on what that might be for me. I can't wait to hear what it is. I also
0: like thank you because I think that this just now, I just realized that I go somewhere, like oh, I have that lovely. visual it was like just in my mind.
1: reflex. So you had, yeah,
0: a I did, yeah.
1: Before, oh, thank you for sharing that with me. That <laughs> makes me really happy to think about.
0: You're very yeah. really welcome.
1: Because analytical is the word that jumped out at me because I think I came to that data collection. when I really accepted that I was in fact a Virgo moon and I was just going to have to accept that (laughs) because I had a big resistance to like my Virgo moon side for a really long time because I think there's a lot of things about that I didn't that I felt resistant to or I thought were incongruent with other aspects of myself and then I when I really allowed myself to be like No, you just you're an analytical person that likes to think through things because I think of myself as like a feeling person, and I was having a hard time feeling figuring out how those things can integrate. Mm
0: -hmm. And it was
1: only when I really just was like, You're a Virgo moon, start reading about it, figure out what you need, and then I found out, Oh, this has been the missing piece for a long time, and that's how I came to like. Analysis, data collection, getting back to neutral. And I was like, oh, that's the path forward. But I think I lost my way a little bit lately because nervous system stuff.
0: I wish that I understood astrology more, but maybe this is also why all of this analytical stuff works for me because I also have a Virgo moon. Yeah, the Virgo moon. I don't know what that means.
1: Well, moon sign is how you process the world and your emotional side and virgo tends to be on the shadow side like kind of hyper critical but then on the um more integrated side they're really good with discernment and Mm -hmm. so the idea that i don't have to be stuck in this hyper vigilant critical mode i can shift over to this neutral place of like data collection and discernment was like one of the big lessons that i was like journaling a lot about when i finally accepted i was in fact a virgo moon which felt antithetical to my pisces sun because it is like on the wheel of astrology each sign has its opposite which Mm -hmm. is a good teacher for a lot of signs to like balance out whatever energies but for me being like born on a full moon having those two opposite has always made me feel Overstretched. And then I figured out that because I think I was thinking in extremes. And again, just figuring out how those things integrate together was really helpful.
0: I love no this. Astrology. I'm <laughs> so fascinated. I'm so fascinated. <laughs> I wish it didn't all just go right over my head. I want to know it so
1: badly. I mean, we can keep talking about it. Honestly, it just, I'm still learning things all the time. And I think it's just allowing the information in at some point, some dots would start getting connected for me. Like I haven't, like, well, I won't say I have like studied it. And there have been times where I'm like, this just isn't lining up or making sense to me. But then something happens where it all comes together. Cause I was like in, I was, cause I've been interested in astrology since I was really young, like preteen. And it was only until my twenties when I was like, oh, Virgo moon, like, and some light bulbs started going off. So that's, like, a good, like, decade plus of time that it took me finally to be, like, oh, that's what that means for me and how it can work. Okay. And even just this year, I had a similar thing happen. Um, Yeah, it was around January where I was – Reading something and I don't remember even what it was now, but all of a sudden I had this kind of like convergence of ideas and I was like, oh, the new year doesn't make sense. Like our like collective Mm -hmm. new year. And then I was thinking about that and thinking about like the lunar new year. And then that led me to think about the astrological new year, which starts with Aries. Aries is Mm -hmm. the first sign. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, my goodness, how has it never occurred to me before that the reason that the, like, Scorpio to my birthday is, like, the hardest time of year for me? Because Scorpio rising, Pisces sun, it's the end of the collective year. All the lessons you learn throughout the year are getting concentrated at the end to be reborn in Aries season, and I'm Scorpio, Pisces, and it's the collective, and it's my personal astrology. I was like, no wonder you have a hard time. Like, it never occurred to me that that wasn't something wrong with me. (laughs) It was just, of course, that's what's happening. Of course, you need to slow down and take more care and be more mindful and get more boundaried around those times. But for most of my life, I was just like, I don't know. guess I'm just broken. I just lose my mind at the end of the year, every year for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And I just put those, that all together in a real way, like a self-compassionate, you're not broken way this year. After like two decades of study.
0: (laughs) I, I hate and love that for you. you. All, all of the above. Uh Yeah, I think that's what's cool, though, about this stuff, is that, like, it brings, it brings those moments of, like, oh, I'm not broken. There's nothing wrong with me. Like, isn't that wild that we think those things about ourselves?
1: Yeah, even when I'm actively combating that, it's so shocking to me when it comes up in a new way. Where, mm-hmm. like, I think I – because, you know, there's scripts – that i uh i think this is a cbt thing where you challenge the thought and kind of like reframe like i've been doing that a lot for things and it's always surprising to me again when a new thought or a new angle pops up with the same kernel of fear anxiety you know whatever Mm -hmm. uh oh i just got the image in my head of like that whack-a-mole like you get (laughs) like pushed down or uprooted maybe and then maybe weeds is a better metaphor for that like you pull up one weed but there was a whole network of roots under there so just that weed pops up like in a new place Mm -hmm. to the actual underneath and pull up the whole thing oh being a human is such a wild ride
0: it is i this is extra funny to me just thinking about um all of my emdr targets and therapy and how nearly all of them come down to the positive belief is I can handle it. So like, as I do like target after target, like we just finished a target and I was like laughing. I was like, of course, that's the belief in it. Like that has become my big like, life mantra. Like I can handle it. Mm. And I'm just finding like, wow, holy shit, these completely different targets, scenarios, circumstances that happened in my life completely different where the core belief there was that I couldn't handle it or whatever the negative belief was maybe is different than that but it comes down to like what would I like to believe in this situation instead is that I can mm-hmm. handle it because I didn't feel like I could handle it and that's I
1: relate to wild this so hard cuz this is I was using the language uh what i the fear that i keep on coming up with is like i'm not capable but i think that is i think a better truer way to say it is that i'm afraid i can't handle things because i still have this deep-seated belief that it's just going to take one thing just one thing's going to blow down this whole house of (laughs) cards and i really like challenge that all the time and again data collecting found a lot of evidence to the contrary but i still believe it because something i will think maybe something will happen or something did happen and i'm afraid it'll happen again and isn't Mm -hmm. that trick? something happened and i handled it Mm -hmm. and i got through but the idea that it might happen again gives me just as much fear and anxiety as the first time even though i know i have that data point that I got through. But there's this idea of like, yeah, but next time. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. I know uh-huh.
0: It's like something in your brain feels like feels like you oh, this is that fucking thing. Feels like you didn't handle it. Because of the way that you felt going through it.
1: Right. It felt bad. So obviously we yeah. didn't do a good job. Yeah. And so the next time we're also not going to do a good job and it's only going to get worse from here. Yeah. Wow. What a dark pit. of despair. <laughs> 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 do
0: you know what I love? Do you know what I love? I love that I can like realize these things now. And that we can talk about these things, but that I can just, like, laugh about them. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what's happening in my brain. And, like, isn't that funny? Like, but, you know, like, three years ago, that would have, you know, sent me into a a pit of despair. Oh, good
1: point. Thank you for saying that. I've been having this thing, this self-judgment lately in therapy where... Because I, I mean, well, it just happened here. Like I cackle through some realizations and I had this thought where I was wondering, I think, no, not wondering, worrying. That's accurate. I was worrying that I was somehow being dishonest because I was cackling about something serious. But I think what was actually happening is I was actually just discharging that energy in a healthy way. Whereas in the past, I might not have been able to do that. And I think I'm going to journal about that later because I've been carrying that judgment around that I was somehow being dishonest or dismissive or something or not t-
0: not taking it seriously. Not seri- taking it seriously. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were. Listen, last time we talked and you were oh. like, Bridget, you're funny. You always bring humor to these serious things. And I'm so serious. And I'm like, uh, yeah what if, what if you don't have to be so serious? But also what if like laughing uh, you I think you brought up something else for me in that like because I have laughed in really uncomfortable situations. and sometimes you need sometimes you just need to like move, whether it's like by like laughing or crying or you know whatever it is. Maybe your body just needs to do something and it doesn't matter what it is if you just let it come out. Right. Instead of trying to, like, stifle it and be like, this isn't the right emotion. This isn't the right action.
1: Yeah, because I think I thought I was being dishonest by laughing through something that is serious. Or, but now I think I'm realizing that was an authentic just reaction that my nervous system was like, you know what we need? <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit of levity.
0: Yeah we need to laugh right now. Cause this shit is ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's great. I love, I love, I love laughing at this stuff now because I, I think like, just because of how much it used to rock me and what a place I used to live in mm-hmm. that I wasn't capable. I didn't feel capable. I didn't couldn't even recognize any of these things. And now I'm like seeing them and I'm like, Oh, aren't you funny? You're here again. Like, all right, let's go. Like, Let all right, saddle up. Like I'm, I'm ready. This I'm not ever ready, but like, funny that you showed up again. Uh huh.
1: What's What's it this time? Yeah, Yeah, you're right. That is a really nice feeling to have, and I'm noticing that I'm able to recognize it faster. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the past, I would be like in the fog and confused for a lot longer. And I've been trying to give myself some space to, even when things are hard, realize that I'm cutting down the time Mm -hmm. that it takes to get through certain patterns. Because I think that was what's disheartening. And I'm like, oh, this pattern, it felt inescapable when I called it a pattern. And then really, honestly, it's been the anti-capitalist and like (laughs) rest as rebellion thing that Mm -hmm. has really helped me be like, oh, I am, like, a revolutionary. I'm a disruptor. And, like, it's kind of really spoken to a deep part of me that I've never really allowed to express fully because I was always anxious and a rule follower and, like, trying to, like, I never did a very good job of flying under the radar, but I would try sometimes. Um, And so kind of adopting that piece of my identity has been empowering. That's the word I wanted.
0: Mm, mm Mm-hmm.
1: That just because something's a pattern doesn't mean it has to just stay that right. way. I can do something about it. I don't always feel that fully because, again, it goes back to that I can't handle it. It feels like I can't do something about it. Instead of that I can handle it, I can do something.
0: But look at us Ooh. handling it and doing it and recognizing the things.
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah, we are. Isn't it interesting how you're able to like feel that and see it so clearly for someone else and it gets so weird and confusing and like dense when it comes back around to you?
0: I will say I'm getting better at it for myself though, but I I think think- I am as well. It's definitely come from this practice of like doing it together and reflecting it back to one another. I think it's great to do this in community. Agreed. I think it's so it's so it's so
1: helpful. It really is. Because I mean, you'll say like... you'll
0: say things, and I'll just be like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Or like, "Tiffany, wait, remember like where you used to be, and now look at you doing this. Look at you. Look at what you're actually doing. You know, like it's cool. That's cool."
1: Yeah. Not only that, there have been times where I've looked at you or said things to you and it was like i was opening my own window in the back room as i was saying it to you and later on i the feeling i oh conviction that's the feeling the conviction i had while i was saying it to you about you for you later on if it came up for me i'd remember the way that felt in my body when i was saying it to you and that would allow me to sink back into that feeling of conviction for me. So it was like you were in the room with me when you didn't even know what was going on. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love that so much. That's like, um, that's like when I take you on my walks with me. Like I go on, <laughs> I go on my meditative walks around the block where I just like process my thoughts and I just you know walk and I let my body like walk it out. And sometimes, yeah, I have conversations with you and I know what you would say to me, right? Like I know what you would, I know what I need in that moment from you. So I just imagine I'm having this conversation with you and then I'm able to like move through it. And i be like, oh my God, Tiffany, guess
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> I love being a voice in your head.
0: Oh, I love you being a voice in my head.
1: Yeah, I think I would like to adopt that practice more. I think sometimes I get a little bit too stuck in my spirals or, oh, you know what it is, like parts work, like that internal family systems modality where they talk about like you have different parts of yourself. I think I kind of get a little overwhelmed by like my protector parts that are like anxious and trying to protect me that way or defensive and trying to protect me that way. And I get stuck in conversational loops with them Mm -hmm. where I'm just arguing with myself and like Mm that push-pull dynamic. I think if I concentrated more on like bringing in more trusted sources such as yourself, (laughs) that would be easier to and kinder, I think. I think that's...
0: Yeah, no, that too is also just like a practice because I am definitely in that space of having all of those conversations with myself. And then that's when I do bring in like you or my therapist, she has some really great real estate in my head as well. Mm -hmm. And it's cool to be able to, like I've said, like, oh, I just like therapied myself or I just like coached myself, like through a thing. And then I go to therapy and I'm like, oh my God, guess what I did. And we're like, yeah, like you're doing it.
1: Well, celebration. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. Oh, I should let myself have more celebration. Yeah. I do do. Also me too. Yeah. That's hard. It's just that's hard. It's not my first thought. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And I think I want to practice getting it further up the line to closer to the first thought. I'm like, Oh yeah, I should celebrate that. I've had moments of that though. Like when I, when you lifted up your hands and like changed the tone of voice, I actually had like a visceral memory of a therapy session where I was like, guess what? (laughs) Remember that thing we talked about? Let me tell you what I did with it. (laughs) (laughs) or there's been a couple of times where i would be like relaying a way i stood up for myself or boundary set it and the look on my therapist's face of like surprise but also joy where she's like you said what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud that i did that because it's not something i normally would do or in the past i would have just been frozen from saying mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. and I'm glad that you brought that up because that felt good to remember. I haven't really allowed myself to remember those times in a while. And I could like feel that kind of like, oh yeah, that's right. I am, I can do things. Yeah. (laughs) That's that feeling. I can do things.
0: I can handle it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I like the way that feels in my body. I think that's going to be something I'm going to try to, practice more allowing that to kind of come into oh yeah oh you know what it is it's that idea um from the insight timer challenge where the future visioning that I've been practicing um I found out my way through all my resistance to future visioning is I just want I've been practicing well what do I want to feel in my body. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is like that ease and expansiveness and just feeling like more At home and safe in here. And um, that's been really helpful because I think it's made me practice feeling things immediately in the moment Mm for my body, which is something I have mostly resisted most of my life to my great detriment. (laughs) I'm now realizing. (laughs) Well, I've, I've been noticing it for a while, but it's like becoming like, I think it's finally starting to really settle in as a deep, like, oh, we can't just keep on doing the cycle of ignoring what my body's saying.
0: But look at you recognizing it. Trying. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to, um, I just got a ridiculous idea. I want to give you a gold star. Like, sometimes I text you a bunch of gold stars. But like I wanna like give you one. I, was, I just thought like maybe I'll maybe I'll send you a gold star in the mail.
1: Oh that's really cute. Thank you so much. I do think that both deserve gold stars. Yeah.
0: I I feel I feel like this is a delightful idea to just be like gold star pen pals
1: and just like randomly
0: send each other an envelope with gold stars in it.
1: Yeah. Kind of like our little shorthand text messages. It's like a Mm. short love note. That That feels so sweet to me. I agree. I do think that's really sweet. I love that. I'm not, I'm not crying. I'm not (laughs) crying. It's (laughs) Pisces season and I am in fact always crying.
0: <laughs> uh it's also crying outside right now so yeah i have that day as well
1: same weather um so yes um as a pisces in pisces season full permission slip to cry nonstop. if
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> to cry nonstop all day every day
1: with small yeah. breaks like this mm-hmm. i mean you can also laugh and cry at the same time then they're done that so if you feel like you want to Really just expend all the energy in multiple ways at once. Pisces season, I think, is a good time for it.
0: Mm. Mm. I love you so much.
1: I love you so much. Would you like to see this cat? I would. She is full puddle melt. Look how melt. Oh, jeez. Oh, goodness. She was snoring a little bit ago.
0: God, what an angel.
1: Oh wow! Oh, she likes so podcast sweet. time. She likes to sit next to me while I talk. That's so
0: sweet. Zero doesn't like when I'm on calls, so if he's in here and then I get on a call, he'll leave and close <sighs> downstairs. Close downstairs in her full-time job in her uh, in her fort from her nine to four, so
1: she's not coming up. Ingrid pretty consistently will find me and want to sit right next to me anytime I'm on a call. So opposite zero, I guess. She just wants to be in full.
0: Angel. Mm-hmm. She's a
1: good baby. Thank you so much for this idea. This was a beautiful break to have on a gloomy, gloomy start to the week.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. And also now I have, like, I feel like I have so much energy I can just, like, jump around and maybe I'll put on a song and go dance or I'll go uh, bust some tennis balls against the,
1: the wall in the basement. You, This is not the first time that you've said that one of our calls has energized you, and I love that you tell me that. It makes me feel so good.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll remember to keep telling you that when I feel this way, which I'm pr- pretty sure it's most times. <laughs> unless it's like late at night and i'm like okay i gotta go to bed
1: yeah no that's a different thing that's just <laughs> at the, end of the day yeah you need to wind yeah. up and get yourself into the dreamland which i understand
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love you so thank you for this i love you too you're welcome i'll talk to you so so soon okay okay love you bye